Athens and people of Carson City. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For as in Adam all die, so shall all be made alive in Christ, but each according to his own order. Christ, the first fruits, then at his coming those belong, who belong to Christ, then comes the end, when he hands the kingdom over to God the Father, after he has destroyed every ruler, every authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Sincerely, Paul, the word of the Lord. Our psalm appointed this morning is a portions from Psalm 118. We'll be doing verses 19 through 24. I believe it's going to be here on... Uh, pay no attention to the 17 and 18. We'd be having to talk about a lot of Bronze Age stuff there. So here we are. Ready? Okay, 19. Okay. And what we'll do is we'll read this in unison with a quiet joy. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter them. I will offer thanks the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. He who is righteous may enter. I will give thanks to you for you answered me and have become my salvation. The same stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. On this day, the Lord has acted. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of our God. Now be the standing, you thee and you gain. Sure are a city, built with unity. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord On the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women who had come with Jesus from Galilee came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away 
from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find a body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners to be crucified and to rise again on the third day? Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all of this to the eleven and the other apostles. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Then Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. So once again, we can count on Peter, total doofus and typical guy, doesn't want to hear from the women, and so he's got to go check it out for himself, and what the author tells us is he's amazed, but he doesn't know what he's dealing with, he doesn't have a clue. And uh, the women as well, who have gone to the tomb to fulfill their... Um, obligation as part of the Jewish law to anoint the body uh, for burial, and they encounter something really strange. And so they come back to the other followers of Jesus, all of whom, by the way, are grieving. Their leader, their Messiah, their rabbi, their teacher, um, their healer, has been executed by imperial Rome. They're grieving, they're scared, they're hiding out. And the women come and say, so we went to the tomb like we said we would to anoint the body, but it wasn't there. And then these strange guys started talking to us, telling us all kinds of weird stuff that sounded vaguely familiar. And what the story says, the better translation of the ancient Greek is that the women kept on saying that. They continued to report to anyone who would listen what they had encountered, which they cannot explain. Many of us were taught in our younger years to focus solely on this very odd notion of bodily resurrection. In fact, I remember some old-timer years and years ago, I was brand, 
spank a new priest down in Southern California, and I heard this old timer right around Easter say, you cannot be a real Christian unless you believe in the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus. And being the young whippersnapper that I was at that time said to this old timer, are we reading the same stories? That was, it turns out that was the wrong response. <laughs> and boy, did I get an earful. But what I realized in that moment and, and since, and this was, you know, 30-some years ago, is that that focus that many of us were taught misses the entire point of this story. And it misses the deep structure of what's really happening here. <clears throat> so I've been, I've been reading this book that was gifted to me. It's called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse by a gentleman from uh, Northumberland named Charlie McKay. And it's an amazing work. And I'm I've been reading it for months, um, and if you were to look at the book, you would say, what's taken him so long? Because <laughs> on one level, it's sort of written for children, but it's one of these works that is meant for adults, and, and this this story is so dense that I've been reading one, maybe two pages every morning, and then I just got to set it down and let it steep. You know what I mean? I just got to let it resonate for a while. And so as the story goes, there's a boy who's wandering who encounters a mole, and they befriend one another, and then... Um, about a month later, uh, in my reading, they encounter a fox who is caught in a snare. And the fox is threatening to eat whatever it can clamp its jaws on if it gets out of the snare. And the mole lets the fox out of the snare. And I'm thinking, that mole's a goner. But then they strike up a conversation, the mole and the fox and the boy. And the mole invites the fox to become part of this uh, conversation. And so where I've gotten is right here. The boy says to the mole and the fox, sometimes I feel lost. And the mole says, yeah, me too, but we love you, and love brings you home. And then the mole goes on. I think everyone is just trying to get home. So, 
what's really going on in this gospel passage from the Gospel of Luke and all the subsequent stories of Jesus appearing around and in all the other gospels is not, again, that standard brand approach of, oh, yay, God raised Jesus from the dead, and so now we can get to heaven when we die. Woohoo! Missing the point. The point of this story is that God raises Jesus from the dead in order to claim this life and this earth as permanent residence. Now, we've gotten in the West, in the Western church with our history and whatnot, we've gotten this all twisted around in just really crazy ways. But if we were to take um, a note from the Eastern Orthodox playbook, it would go like this. Any number of icons that you can view um, generated by the Orthodox tradition depict Jesus being raised from the dead and behind him is this whole crowd of people. Just all these people and he's bringing them along with him as God raises him from death. And, and the point of that, and the point of the story, and the point of resurrection is that you and I are restored to our respective places in the community through resurrection. All of the ways that you and I are isolated, all the ways that we're cut off from our own humanity or the rest of humanity, that resurrection has to do with bringing us back. We come back with Jesus into the world, this world, not some next world. And therein lies the power of this story. In the ancient tradition, it was known as, and in the Jewish tradition, it was known as general resurrection, where anyone who ever lost their life in any generation at the hands of an imperial power, would be restored to their place in the community. And so, the power of this scene, and once again, don't forget, the women, they keep repeating what they've encountered. We went to the tomb, and the body wasn't there, and these strange guys were there, and they were telling us weird things, but that they sounded really familiar. And while they're not looking, restoration is taking place. People are being brought back to their place in the community. And, and, that, and the power of that is what McKay describes in his book about the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse as love. It's the love of God that raises Jesus from the dead. It's the love of God that brings him back into the lives of his friends. It's the love of God who brings Jesus now some 2,000 years later into our life. 
dragging all these people with him, the ancient community. And so on this day, you can take a deep breath. And you don't have to worry your little head about bodily resurrection or physical resurrection, all the stuff that some of us got pounded with over the years. And just pay attention to this story. Now, there's one thing I want to say, and and I, I suffer from it as much as Peter does in this story, um, I'm not always paying attention. And a lot of times, more times than not, I'll come home after a long day and I'll say to my lovely wife, hey, I just heard this really cool thing. And she'll say something like, yeah, we, we had that conversation a week ago. <laughs> so Peter's not, he's not the only one. You know, who doesn't, who isn't paying attention or hasn't quite figured out. I mean, I, I've got my own learning curve. I suspect some of you folks do as well. But to be handed this scene and to realize that now Jesus is cut loose uh, and he's out here and he's moving among us uh, and looking, looking for some action. And in fact, from the vantage point of the Gospel of Luke, what he's looking for is a meal. (laughs) Because that's what he does his entire life in the Gospel of Luke. And so, guess what, folks? We're going to have a meal. We're going to have communion in his name. Bread and juice blessed in his name by the power of the Spirit. And when we share that, Jesus is with us. And then you and I get to take that out into the rest of the world among our friends, our families, our neighbors, where we work, where we shop, even Costco. (laughs) I don't know why I thought of Costco. We probably need to make a run. I don't know. Anyway, he is risen, and he is among us, and he is us. When we share this meal, when we break bread together and have communion, you and I become the body of Christ in the world. And then, of course, the real challenge is now we got to act like it. So, let's pay attention. Because the women are going to keep on saying. Go forth, believing the unbelievable. Living the ancient memory that calls us to raise others from life lost to the powers of our time as God brings all of us home to ourselves, home to love. Happy Easter, alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God, alleluia.